Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Happy Thursday, October 17th, 2019, and welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling. That's right, Jack, this is the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Man, we have an action-packed show today. Kevin Lemanowicz, this is the guy who is not only a meteorologist, but he's also a lifelong pro wrestling fan. That's right, he's at the local Fox affiliate, Boston 25, and he's going to be joining us today, and boy, I, I just I love talking to Kevin, he's a great guy, I think you're really going to enjoy that. We also have Alan Roulette of River Horse Wrestling Photography, he's back, he's got some great stories about his crazy life, I can't wait to talk to Alan again as well, that'll be fun, but before we get to any of that, here is my exclusive conversation with WOW Superheroes star, the world's greatest attorney, Sofia Lopez. Everybody knows Sofia Lopez, literally the world's greatest attorney. Uh, she means serious business out there, folks. And if you've been watching WOW Superheroes, you have seen this woman has had an influence on pretty much everything. I mean, especially when it comes to the Wild Superheroes Championship. I don't know how she does it, but I need to get to the bottom of this, especially after last week's episode. So, without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the world's greatest attorney, Sophia Lopez. How are you, Sophia? Hi, Duke. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm doing wonderful. Excellent. And listen, I you know I, I got to put this disclaimer in here and. and when you sent me that, that uh, letter, that first-class letter, and, and you let me know that if I say anything negative about the world's greatest attorney, Sofia Lopez, that I was going to get sued, I just want you to know that I've held up my end of the bargain. I have never said another mean thing about you ever again. So please don't sue me, okay? You know, I won't sue you. I like people that they have a word. You know, that's what we, in the old times, that, you know, we were worthy if we have a word. And I like that you are a man of your word, Duke. That's right. That's right. Because I just don't want any problems, it's especially with somebody who has as much influence as you. So so let's take a trip back here. In episode two of Wild Superheroes on Access TV, you somehow, some way, managed to convince Wild Superheroes champion Tessa Blanchard to skip Everybody else. She skipped the Beast. She skipped Jungle Girl. She skipped Havoc. She skipped everybody else. And instead, she defended the WoW Superheroes Championship against your client, Serpentine. Talk to us about that. How did you pull that off? Well, as everyone knows, I'm the greatest attorney in the world, and I love my clients, and I will do what it takes for them to get just the championship matches. And I cannot say much 
because I'm a lawyer, so I have to reserve a lot of my strategy. But one thing I can tell you, I am the mastermind of WOW Superheroes. And I do have friends in high places, and they know it. And that's one of the reasons that sometimes I can achieve my goals. And one of my goals is to have my clients happy. I want them to get that bail, not because, you know, I want to. It's because they deserve it. Like Serpentine, she's amazing. She is the whole package to be the next World Superhero Champion. Uh, I want the fans to see that. I want the fans to explore more than they have been able to see. And Serpentine has that flavor of the Lucha Libre, you know, doing a lot of acrobatic stuff, jumping on the rope, flying moves. It, she's an athlete. She's amazing. So that's one of the reasons I really want her to have the belt. Well, and, and I can tell you, without a doubt, Serpentine is just amazing in the ring. She is definitely a, a tough customer and somebody that you don't want to mess around with. And when I had her on the show a few weeks back, uh, you know, she was pretty tough on me, Sofia Lopez, because I made the mistake of, of mispronouncing her name. I called her Serpentine, and, you know, she threatened yeah. to beat me up. So I, and, and, and that's when you sent me the message threatening to sue me, and it's just, oh, my goodness. I, I Like I said, I don't want any problems with you ladies because everybody is so tough. I just don't want any problems there. Speaking of tough, you got to give us the exclusive here, Sofia Lopez. Something very interesting happened this past week on Wild Superheroes on Access TV. Reyna Reyes managed to walk into the room at the exact time that Tessa Blanchard and David McClain were discussing who was going to be the next Wild Superheroes competitor to challenge for the Wild Superheroes Championship. And Reyna was chosen. And she said that the world's greatest attorney, Sofia Lopez, told her to walk into the room at that exact time. Give us the inside scoop. What's going on here, Sofia Lopez? Well, I don't know if you believe in coincidences. I think it was just like a coincidence that she stepped into the room exactly when I said, hey, Raina, why don't you go and talk to David McLean? But, you know, for me, I can say... In this life, sometimes things happen because they have to happen. I think Reina just was on the right place, on the right moment, at the right time for her to get a shot of the title. She was lucky. She she got lucky at the time. Well, and I'll tell you right now, I think that I'm not really sure what's going on. Is is Reina or Tessa or either one of them one of your clients? You can tell us. It, it, It can be a secret among friends here. Are you representing either one of those two ladies? I like the suspense. I like that I'm a lawyer, and I can I have the right of non-comment, and I'm very intelligent, so I know you want to know. And it's not that I want to be mean or anything. It's just like I'm being smart. <laughs> I know how much I can tell. I know how much I cannot, but I'll tell you this. Wow, it's full of surprises. My alliances change from one person to another, and not because I'm not loyal. Like, in the contrary, it's because I'm totally loyal to my clients, 
So I'm going to look, you know, the best for them. And they asked me, like, Serpentine, yeah, she's a tough cookie. She's a tough cookie, and sometimes she's like that. Sophia, defend me. Talk to them. Why are they calling me Serpentine? Or, you know, like, when she doesn't get, she 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 wants a VIP treatment since she's with me. She's like, why am I not getting my VIP treatment? I deserve it. I've been working so hard. I train 24-7. You know, I eat good, I do my part, so they do their part. Mia Sofia Lopez, I need to do my part, and I promise them the VIP uh, services, and that's what I do. So don't feel bad, dude. It's not that I don't want to tell you my secrets, it's just I'm smarter than that. Well, you certainly are. Folks, we're talking to the world's greatest attorney, Sofia Lopez, and you can catch her and all of her clients every week on WOW Superheroes, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Saturday on Access TV. You know, Sophia, something interesting happened. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a, a wonderful, wonderful young lady who really captured the hearts of everyone, especially with this interview. I'm talking about Steffi Slays. And, and Steffi revealed to us that you were a person who helped inspire her to get into the pro wrestling business and start training at the Wild Superheroes training facility. And, you know, she's gone on to become such a big star. My question to you is what's going on here? Did you bring Steffi Slays into Wild Superheroes because you were being nice, or did you bring her in to give people like the governor's daughter, Abilene Maverick, someone to beat up on. You need to tell us the truth here. Come on now. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, listen, I did bring Steffi in place. Um, I am friends. You know, this is one. Okay, I'll, I'll reveal this secret to you. It is like, uh, I'm going to give you something so you don't feel like you didn't get anything out of this interview. But Steffi... Steffi's mom, and she's a very good friend of me. We we have been friends for several years. And talking to her mom, I realized that Steffi, she had what it takes to be a good wrestler and be on the top of the wild girls. And she was very young at the time. And I hesitated a little bit. And then I thought, you know what? Forget it. There is no age. There is no taboos. People are going to make it because they're going to make it. So I called Steffi's mom, and I said, come with me. I'm going to introduce you to David McLean. I want you to bring your daughter, and she deserves a shot. So she showed up at the training facility, and they did really like her. And she was still very young. And me as Sophia Lopez, the greatest attorney in the world, I haven't represented her because I thought she was a rookie. I thought she's gonna she's gonna get better. She's gonna get the experience, the knowledge, and when she get it, yeah, I will I will be even happy to represent Stephanie. I think she has the guts, the character, the the body, the training. I mean, also she has a whole package to make it big. And but I was so busy also with KT, and back in the day, I wanted to be a manager. Because I realized that behind every superstar, behind every wrestler, every you know great sports person, anything, there is someone that 
is giving you the opportunity. You need to work hard and do the rest, don't get me wrong, but at least they give you the opportunity to be there, as I said, on the right place, on the right moment, on the right time. So um, with Casey, I was so touched because they were in jail, and I thought, wow, they really need someone to talk, to be the voice of them, to say, see, everyone has a second chance. You know, don't hang up or don't on your dreams. You know, don't quit on your dreams because everyone needs that second chance. So I was so focused on them that I let Steffi do their thing, to start training with Selena, start learning, to start pursuing the titles. And I think that in the meantime, work out good for a while because, as you mentioned it, like Evelyn Maverick, she was being very hard on her in so many matches. But now you can see that she's been doing amazing how much she's learned over the years. And also that teach, uh, teaches a good lesson. No matter, you know, how long does it take, if you pursue it, if you're persistent, you're going to get it. And sooner or later, I think Steffi is one of the, will be, is, and will be more like one of the favorites to get that belt. And, and also I'm happy, you know, that her mom and me, we decided and set up this meeting for her. So McLean get a chance to meet her and everything back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, shout out to Steffi Slade and shout out to Steffi Slade's grandma who at 82 years old, she just recently became a United States citizen, which I know Steffi and, and the family are very excited about that. So that, that's pretty cool. It's, it's interesting, uh, Sophia Lopez. When I watch WoW Superheroes, first of all, it's on Access TV at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we call that primetime television, right? I watch WoW Superheroes, and I see people like yourself, the world's greatest attorney, Sophia Lopez. I see the Beast. I, I, I see uh, Serpentine and Steffi Slays and, and, and all these ladies here. There is so much diversity, and, and, and we're showing women in such a strong, positive light, including yourself, somebody who is the mastermind in, in, in wild superheroes. There wasn't too long ago where we didn't see women shown so positively on primetime TV, especially here in America. Talk to us about that, the fact that, you know, even yourself, you're somebody who is, is a trailblazer. You know, you're you're within a situation where you're inspiring others and you're showing that a woman can be strong, that she can control things, that she can she can help people reach their goals and their dreams, and you get to do that every week on Wild Superheroes. How does that feel to be such an inspirational uh, uh, figure? You know, I feel a great honor uh, because. I love WOW because, as you said, WOW has that diversity. We have that diversity of every background. Like one of my other clients is Nikki Krampus. She's from Norway, and I've been in Norway, and I like the country. I like the people, and I said, why not? Like, I'm going to take her as my client and I even fix her visa. And they have a different story that, 
from people from me from Mexico, we know, you know, different culture, like food, everything. And I said that, that the world needs to know her. The world, I saw something on her, and I thought the world needs to, to know Nikki Krampus. And as Nikki, the lioness, as Steffi, Serpentine, Atesa, the world needs like a Tessa, needs a beast, needs like a jungle girl. The whole world needs all of us because we represent the diversity and also that make us special. One of the things that I love now about WOW is that we are telling more the stories of each character. I love that part because when the people, the people they need to know, the fans, they need to know that we have a purpose, that we just don't go and step on the ring just to, to fight for fighting. We have a purpose. And then when you see the benefit, you understand, and that benefit is to win that belt, but not just for winning and feeling superior. No, it's because something happened in your story that got you at that point that you really want to be on top so people respect you because being on top is not about at least for me I don't see the belt as like oh I'm gonna feel like just superior I just see the belt as that part of respect like I got all the way to the top just so them I'm worth it and that I'm doing something great to inspire others and inspiring like uh, we have a lot of fans uh, some some fans the other day posted a picture that I said our fans become our friends and our friends become our fans and that is totally true uh, and I love that part because I do connect with fans sometimes I'm very bad I have to say answering the direct messages but besides that uh, I'll try to take the time and a lot of fans they they've been my friends now and some of my friends are my fans and what I like is that. For real, they get inspired. They see us like that figure, that figure that they want to pursue. Because also we have another couple of fans that they are, um, they have some disabilities, and that's why we are labeled as superheroes. Because we can fight or do those fights for them, and then they can be behind the television that they feel so related to their character. I think those, like, you know, five-minute, eight-minute, or seven-minute match, they are then doing the match in their mind. And that's what I like, Sofia Lopez, because I'm the mastermind, and you, you know, not everyone has the capacity to go to the gym and be, like, a super strong or all-muscle man to do that, right? So then I like to show them that you can fight without fighting as well. You know what I mean? Like, you can have a lot of fights without fighting. Wow. Well, you know, I'm starting to understand why you're the world's greatest attorney. You have all of the answers, it seems. So that that's some good stuff there, Sofia Lopez. My goodness. In fact, you know something? I'm wondering if I can use you for your services. There's somebody in Wild Superheroes by the name of Sam Smart, and she's been calling me. IQ inferior. So I want to know, the world's greatest attorney, Sophia Lopez, can I utilize your services to, to straighten out that no good Sam Smart? Oh, yeah, definitely. And guess what? Usually I don't represent all the girls in WOW because my services are very expensive. 
So that's one of the reasons we have Samantha Smart. She can manage, you know, the other girls that they cannot afford me. And I'm going to do something something for you. I'm going to do a pro bono. So I'm going to get this straight for you at no charge. And another um, advice, don't even take it personal, Duke. Samantha Smart loves to call everyone IQ inferior. I really think she's very rude. And just don't feel bad. You are not the only one that is being called like that. Yeah, you heard that there, folks. Right there, the world's greatest attorney, Sofia Lopez, will represent me pro bono, and we're going to go after that no-good Sam Smart because I got a funny feeling just based on what I've seen her do with the people that she manages. You know, she's always cheating on their behalf, Sofia Lopez, which is something you never do. I got a funny feeling that Sam Smart has been cheating, and that's how she got all the good grades that she did in school. I got a funny feeling about that. Exactly. You know, everything is speaks you know, by itself. If she's cheating on the ring, of course she cheated, you know, in her career and in school. So that's the reason she got all A or A+. Plus. But don't worry, we're going to get her. We're going to get her because, for me, the fans are the best. For me, the fans are the number one. I love the fans, so I can't stand that Samantha Smart calls everyone IQ inferior. You heard it there, folks. I'm telling you, Sofia Lopez, there's a reason why she's the world's greatest attorney. She's letting us know here on the Duclos Wrestling Podcast. Listen, Sofia, if the fans want to reach out to you on social media, what's the best way they can do it? Yeah, my Twitter is going to be at W-O-W-E underscore Sophia. And it's Sophia with P-H. I always like to say this because in the Hispanic community, usually we do the S, but it's P-H. So W-O-W-E underscore Sophia. And Instagram will be W-O-W underscore Sophia Lopez. Also, some people can find me on Facebook as Sofia Lopez, and also you guys can reach our main account, which is WOW Superheroes. You heard it there, folks. That's right. Sofia Lopez, the world's greatest attorney. I want to thank you for joining us on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, and I can't wait to see what the rest of your clients are going to do in Season 2 of WOW Superheroes on Access TV. Once again, folks, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Saturday night. Thank you once again, Sophia. No, thank you. And, guys, please keep watching. You'll find a hero. We're labeled as a hero because you, we are your heroes. We want to fight for you. And I have two clients that are fighting for you in this season, Annie Serpentine and Nikki Krampus. So, please Cheer for them, support us, and thank you, Duke. Like, being in your show is so much fun. What a fun interview, and what a, a great person, the world's greatest attorney, Sofia Lopez is. And I'm telling you, once again, folks, you can check her out Saturdays, okay? 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
Access TV. We're talking about the hot show that everyone's talking about, WoW Superheroes. That's right. And, I, you know, like she said, she has uh, Krumpus and, and, and she has uh, Serpentine, a few other affiliates that she doesn't name all the time. You'll just have to wait and see. But Sofia Lopez, she's the puppet master of WoW Superheroes. There's, there's no two ways about it. I don't know if David McClain realizes this. But everybody else does. Sofia Lopez is what's happening, Jack. That's for sure. That's right. Speaking about what's happening, you know, October is is just a crazy, hectic month for me. And it's because of two important people in my life. And I'm going to give a shout out right now. First and foremost, I got to give a shout out to my mom because today is her birthday. So happy birthday, mom. She's 21 all over again, which is pretty awesome. So happy birthday, mom. Hope you enjoy the day. Hope you continue to enjoy your fantastic life. I love you. All that good stuff there. And I also want to give a shout out to my sister, Queen Shari. Saturday is her birthday. So her birthday is on the 19th there. And she's pretty awesome in her own right as well. And, And she is a big supporter of the show. She's always let me know what's good, what's not so good. So... (laughs) Shout out to Queen Shari. She's awesome. Happy birthday to you. Happy early birthday, I should say. You got that right. We're talking about strong, fantastic women from WoW Superheroes. Strong, fantastic women in my personal life, your personal life. That's what it's all about, man. Let's celebrate everybody. Why not? You know, and it's funny because this week I saw some interesting stuff going on. You know, we, we've had the, the WWE draft on Raw and SmackDown, and it's interesting because on Raw this week in particular, they started the show with a women's wrestling match, and they ended the show, the main event, women's wrestling match. That's what it's all about, man. Why not? Women should be in the main event, absolutely. They, they, they can do anything and everything that the men can do, and oftentimes even better. So all you wrestling promotions out there, I'm going to continue to remind you, support women's wrestling. There's no reason not to. And again, you look at a program like Wow Superheroes that's kicking butt out there and it's an all women's show. People are loving it and and they're getting so much attention on social media. Great interaction. It's just fun. You know, Wow Superheroes is awesome, man. And, And that's really the way to go. You know, these these wrestling companies are starting to realize when your show is on, you definitely want to be doing some live tweeting, interacting with the fans, keeping that energy going. Another promotion that does a great job with that that I've noticed is uh, the NWA. And, you know, they're back on the scene and and Billy Corgan and, and the team there, Dave Lagana, those folks, they've been doing a great job of building this thing or rebuilding this brand and I noticed that when NWA Power Hour is on, it is just amazing online to see the response and people interacting both on Facebook and on Twitter. You know, and, and oftentimes they're trending. You know, they, they've trended number one a few times. So it's, it's pretty tremendous. Utilize that social media, man. That's a tool. That's a major tool. I know when Impact Wrestling, when, when they were having... You know, difficulties there. They're on a on a, a network that didn't really have as much of a footprint as what they've been used to in previous years. Social media has been the biggest thing that they could 
utilized because once again, you're interacting with the fans and you're, you're, you're allowing them to keep up to date with what's going on. And especially when the performers, when the wrestlers themselves are talking about the product that you can see right then and there, whether you're watching online or whether you're watching on TV, it just makes that viewing uh, experience that much greater. It's just fun, man. It's really cool to see. So please, I'm telling all the wrestlers, all the promotions out there, keep that energy going, okay? And shout out to, to Impact Wrestling. I, I think they're really an unsung hero in a lot of ways when it comes to their support of women's wrestling, which they've been doing throughout the, the years with their knockouts division and, and even some of the innovative things that they're doing right now with Tessa Blanchard where, you know, she's competing with the men just as much as she's competing with the women. And it's because Tessa is one of the top wrestlers in the world. So why not? You know, and, and, and it would be nice to see some of these other promotions do the same thing. That's for sure. If you have talented wrestlers, it shouldn't matter what gender they are. Put them in the ring and let them show the world what they can do. You got that right, Jack. You got that right. Speaking of which, uh, AEW, they have an innovative program happening right now called uh, AEW Dark. So, you know, they have their Dynamite show, which happens every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TNT. And it's been a pretty good show. You know, the, the production value is great. Commentary is great. I personally want to see more wrestling and less of this other stuff. But nonetheless, they, they've been doing a very good job, especially for a, a startup wrestling company. But their real crown jewel is their dark program. And this is where the matches that you don't see on TV the dark matches, they tape them and then they, they create a new program out of it and they put it out there online and what have you. It's a very good show. In fact, this past week they had Taz. You remember Taz from ECW and WWE and he's commentator and impact. Taz was a guest commentator on dark and he did a great job. It's just fun, man. It's good stuff. Good stuff. I'm really impressed with that show and I still feel AEW needs to get their act together when it comes to two things. Number one, promoting women's wrestling more. Should be more than one women's wrestling match on your TV show. And number two, where are the the people of color, especially the, the men, singles wrestler, where are they as it relates to the title picture? You know, at the very top, you, you, you're pushing eight people who... Are not people of color and it just doesn't make any sense so you know these are some things that can improve upon nonetheless the things that they are doing well production and, and commentary it's great it really is so there's that you know there's a lot of stuff going on man a lot of stuff going on a lot of top stories i, I know that uh chris jericho who's the AEW champion he just announced he's going to be in the next jay and silent bob movie which is great news. Unfortunately, he also announced that he's going to be playing some kind of KKK character and wait until you see what happens to him. I guess he's going to get his comeuppance, which, you know, that's great. But Jericho made a big mistake, man, because he, he actually hashtagged KKK in a, in a tweet, which was just, I don't think he was thinking, but it, it's just like, oh, man, what are you doing? Don't bring any attention to those folks, please. So... I don't know. It just, these things happen. 
And, and it's just a reminder that whether it's you or somebody running your social media, you really need to be aware of what you're doing and understand your influence and utilize it in a matter, manner that is constantly representing you and the brand that you care about and that you want to present to the world. Just keep that in mind, folks. It's very important. Very important. You know, another thing is very important is uh, Total Divas. I've really been impressed with this season of Total Divas. Ronda Rousey and, and Sonya Deville, they've, they've brought some uh, breaths of fresh air on that show. And it's really interesting to see Sonya and her journey and things she's going through. You know, she's a lesbian woman and she has some MMA experience as well. She's an interesting person. She's really an interesting person. And I think that there are a lot of fans who are behind her and they want to see more of her. So hopefully WWE does the right thing and, and continues from a wrestling standpoint, continues to put her in situations where she, she can thrive and show more layers of who she is. Because on that Total Divas show, that's for damn sure what's happening. I mean, she's, she's really an interesting person. And then you have Ronda Rousey, who is completely different from whatever you could have imagined when you see her in her natural habitat, you know, with her family on her farm and things that she does, you know, she, she's awesome. Like Rhonda is just a totally, she's an interesting person for somebody who can beat the hell out of anybody anytime she wants to see her shoveling crap and taking care of the farm. And, you know, she's very loving to her stepson and her husband and just, Rhonda is a cool, cool person, man. In in a different way, she's not a she's not a, a she's not a star. In terms of how she presents herself, she presents herself as a very humble, laid back, cool person. So I got a lot of time for Ronda Rousey. Uh, she's great, and I'd love to see her come back to WWE. Hopefully that happens uh, once she feels it's, it's time. But I know Triple H said that it's, it's definitely going to happen. Hopefully that's true, because I'd love to see it. I'm a, I'm a big Ronda Rousey fan. I really appreciate her, and I love what I'm seeing on Total Divas from her. She's fantastic. So, shout out once again. Total Divas, Ronda Rousey, the whole crew, Sonya Deville, love them. Love them, love them, love them. Okay, you know, those are just some, a few top stories there, and, and I don't want to belabor this, because I have on the line my man, Alan Roulette, River Horse Wrestling Photography. It's going to be a great conversation. And in fact, it's going to be a two-parter. So so let's jump into part one. Let's hear a little bit more from Alan Roulette and his journey, even beyond photography. Check it out. How important is it for wrestlers to update their promo pictures? And, and how often should they update those promo pictures? Well, the biggest complaint that I'll hear from... Uh from promoters or people who are trying to put shows together is I can't believe this person sent me an iPhone picture of themselves as a promo picture. I can't believe they sent me a picture of them, you know, seven years ago when they, in an old gimmick, or they had to have gotten new gear since then, that kind of thing. For everybody, it's a little bit different. I mean, some people don't change that much. Uh, I I shot, uh, I did some shots of Shannon Moore. And he literally got one picture. I see that one picture everywhere all the time. And it suits him. It it works just fine. He looks the same. It is the same gimmick. It's the same everything. And it works. 
Other people, uh, I, I know people who get new gear every two weeks, every new gear every three weeks. And you want, and it's bright and it's flashy and it's shiny and it's beautiful. And, you know, you want promoters to be able to see that this is the image that you can have in the ring. This is the image that's going to be on your poster. So some people shoot with me once a month. Some people shoot with me once every six months. <laughs> some people shoot every couple of weeks. It depends on how much you want to invest in yourself. I remember this wrestler who went on an Italian tour and was wrestling in Italy. And I didn't know there were big promotions in Italy, but apparently there are. And he said, hey, the last shots that we did were the ones that I submitted that got me the job to go on this Italian tour. Like, good pictures will do that for you. We're talking to Alan Roulette of River Horse Photography and River Horse Wrestling Photography. It's it's interesting, Alan. And, and you know, first and foremost, the, the last time I had you on the show, the response was just so positive, so tremendous, because you're such an engaging genuinely nice person and, and, and that comes across anytime somebody hears you speak and, and of course when you post your videos of you taking your shoot and, and even some of the wrestlers they post videos of you taking shots of them or what have you it's very clear that there's a genuine positive uh, atmosphere going on there what do you attribute that to where does that come from where you're able to make people feel so comfortable especially when you're dealing with athletes who oftentimes are wearing very little while you're you're taking photos of them. Well, it's a it's a process. It takes a while to get people to feel comfortable with you. <laughs> That's the first thing. Especially female wrestlers. I mean, they put up with so much insane garbage on the internet that another guy shows up that they don't know with a camera. They don't know what to expect. They don't they don't know what they're looking for. Like with anything in life, you have to pay your dues. And it means being ignored sometimes, and it means being questioned sometimes. It means being tested sometimes. And eventually, when all that's done, then I'm just river horse. You know, I walk in. Most people don't even call me by my regular name. They don't call me Alan. They just say, hey, river horse. And you get, and there's that graduation backstage. You know, you get, uh, uh, you get recognized. Someone says something to you, then, you get a very limp, kind of soft, touchy sort of handshake. Then you get a strong handshake. And then eventually somebody hugs you when they see you. It's it's kind of a re- reunion in the sorts. Like with indie wrestling, promotions run four weeks, six weeks, two months, three months, something like that. And you walk up and you see somebody and they give you a giant hug and they ask you how you've been and what's going on and this and that. And you realize, I haven't seen this person in four months. You're genuinely happy to see them. And you go, well, how are you? And, oh, my God, you got new gear. And look at your hair. And, and they're like, oh, I got this new move. I'm gonna, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when it's coming up. I want to get it on camera. I want to get somebody to take a picture of it, blah, blah, blah. And you start collaborating immediately and talking. And at the same time, you're, you're, you're catching up. And, you know, I mean, I'll have shoots here. And I book it for an hour. And two hours later, we're still shooting because we spent an hour talking. <laughs> and chit-chatting. Uh, I just did a shoot with uh, Sophie Ramirez Castillo, and we were 100% saying that this is going to be a two-hour shoot. This is it. She had four outfits, three other outfits that are going to blow your mind when those pictures drop. And um, we're going to be done in two hours. And three hours and 20 minutes later, we were still working because we were 
chatting about this and that, and we hadn't seen each other in two, three months, and we just chat, 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 chat. I mean, the occasional text every once in a while, but we were just we spent more time talking than we spent working. So that's what I'm talking about because I hear that because I do my research now. You, you got to understand something here, River Horse. I, I, I do <laughs> not have a guest on this show unless I do my research and then I do follow-up research as well. And you definitely have a reputation of just being a genuinely nice person, a person that people are are happy to work with and, and happy to have you as a person taking their photos. You're a person who's had an interesting life because photography <laughs> is not always your main bread and butter. No. Talk to us no. about two other parts of life in particular and, and just how vastly different all three of these mediums are so you you're at photography but before that you know you you were a teacher and even before yeah. that you were in the military the story as i was growing up constantly was you have a, a college fund there's a college fund waiting for you there there's a college fund waiting for you so uh i hit my senior year and i was working and making money but i was spending mine because i didn't think there was any uh <laughs> wasn't any reason I'm going to college and get ready to go to college. Hadn't taken the SATs, hadn't taken anything, like just very poorly prepared by the folks. And, you know, kinda almost let down a little bit by the school system too. I mean I don't blame them completely. It's my parents' responsibility. But um it came time close to graduation and my dad's like uh one Saturday he got me up and he goes, uh come on get in the truck, we're gonna we're, we're gonna go. We had a pickup truck at the time. So I'm just riding in the passenger seat, you know, <laughs> you know, doing just almost like when we used to take the dog for a ride. You know, I'm just riding, you know, aside from I don't have my head out the window with my tongue in the in the breeze, but I'm just riding and looking and riding and looking. And we pull up to this big building <laughs> and uh, get out and uh, walk up to the building and walk in. And on the left-hand side were all enlistment offices. And he's like, pick one. And I'm like, for what? And uh, he goes, uh, you're going to go into the military. And I'm like, what? Like, I had no clue. Like, he, he was always saying, you're going to college, you're going to college, you're going to college. So he goes, well, you know, we just don't, you know, we don't have the money to send you to college. And I'm like, what about the college funding? He goes, oh, I mean, we just bought this new truck, and I got this whole new giant component stereo system, and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, we're just running short. And, you know, it's like your mom says you're not even ready to go anyway. Like, you haven't taken any of your tests. And, I'm like, I didn't know I had to take any tests for, you know. So um, so he's like, pick one. And I'm like, I, I have not given this any thought. I have not anything. They used to blanket test all the students for the ASVAB, the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery Test, to see what you were good at. And they would blanket test people um, in our – because they just assumed we're all poor kids. We're all going into the military. And uh, I was like, I'll show them. I'll go to college. So here I am with the military recruiter, and uh, um, I'd gotten a really good score on the ASVAB, like a crazy good score on the ASVAB. And it had pointed me in some directions that I might want to work in, medicine and teaching was one, psychology was another, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm like, I really honestly have not given this any thought. And he goes, well, just take the doors as they come then. So we went to the first door, and that was the Air Force, which technically, if you're a really smart person, that's the one to go to. Lots of technical stuff, lots of medicine, lots of just great stuff. And they were closed. They were out to lunch. <laughs> so we went to the next one, and that was the Marine Corps. 
And my father had served in the Army and had a problem with Marine Corps guys. So that was out of the question. We weren't going into the Marine Corps. Uh, and the very next office that was open was the Navy. And literally an hour and a half later, I was signed up and on the delayed entry program. And I was waiting till August 21st uh, to go to uh, Chicago, to go to uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, to do my uh, initial training. And uh, it was surprising. Like, I had signed up for the medical corps. They had given me what is referred to as a C school after the A school. A school was uh, hospital corpsman. C school was uh, psychiatric technician, which was basically a, you know, you're kind of a junior therapist and give medication, that kind of thing, restrain patients and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, I do want to be a psychologist, so I guess this is, you know, this is making the lemonade out of the lemons. Waited and waited and waited and made it through my summer and August 21st said goodbye to everybody and flew off to uh, basic training. So I got there, made it through basic training, went to my A school, which was hospital core school. They teach you how to work in the hospital. They teach you how to do all those first 80 kind of things, how to work in clinics, how to run the equipment. Uh, the In the military, in military hospitals, the techs, the, the enlisted run everything. And then the officers are usually a nurse or a doctor or something like that telling you what to do. Um, so we learned all of that stuff. I left there, uh, got training to be uh, um, with the Marine Corps and left there and went to, uh, oh God, a Naval Air Station in Texas. Uh, where I served at a, uh, a naval air station for a while. They moved me to a second one, which was in Beeville, Texas, which I'd never heard of Beeville, Texas, but apparently at the time it was the hottest place in the country. Uh, it was so hot that they would hang black flags outside, and you, if you were caught walking outside, you got written up for destruction of government property. It was that hot. <laughs> and uh, so I stayed there for a few months, and then eventually went to psychiatric technician school and then spent the rest of my time in uh, Virginia at um, Naval Hospital of Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, after I left there, I went to California for a while. I was very much into music and had a girlfriend at the time and blah, 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 and went out there and was going to you know, become king of rock and roll. And I worked as a psychiatric therapist out there, it was really easy in California. When, people complain about California a lot, but um, Cal, one of the cool things about California is is if you have experience in the military, at least back in 1989, 1990, uh, if you had experience then, that translated to some sort of certification in California. So when you got out of the military, you can work if you went to California. There were other places that that was not the case. Um, so started working and doing my thing, left California, went to North Carolina, was still working. Uh, oh, actually, no, I was working in a uh, burn center at that point. Uh, eventually became kind of the psychiatric liaison between the psychiatric department and the burn department because the burn people did not understand crazy people at all, and the, uh, <laughs> the psychiatric people didn't understand the medicine of the burns, so they had somebody who went and floated back and forth, and that was me met my wife and the rest was history. So we had kids and in raising them, you sometimes you get very thoughtful in life. Like you get very thoughtful about things and you look at what you have and you say, 
am I doing enough? Do I deserve what I have? Everybody does it. It's like a crisis of conscience. Everybody has one. You know, sometimes you run out and buy a big red sports car and get a young wife and, you know, freak out and whatever. Or sometimes you change your profession or sometimes you or whatever. And so I thought, you know, the best way that I can serve mankind is to become a teacher. So I finished up a degree I had been working on, became a kindergarten through fifth grade teacher, and taught kindergarten through kindergarten through second grade was, was the beginning of my career. Kindergarten, first grade, and I did second grade a couple of times too. Then you kind of wake up from your stupor and realize, you know what, <laughs> uh, maybe I want to, you know, have more adult conversation. Maybe I want to, I, I want to educate. I want to teach. I want people to really learn. And it's great to teach kids their colors and numbers and stuff, but I want to get in there. And so <clears throat> I changed professions to uh, high school. I moved to high school and eventually moved into the accelerated placement program which is kind of like high school college you know you pass the you pass the class and you take the exam and if you pass the exam you get college credit kind of thing several years having high-minded historical discussions with kids who either cared way too much or cared way too little (laughs) there wasn't much middle of the road they were either like i need this for college this is the most amazing thing and they absorb it like a sponge or um, they uh, are kind of like, I'm just here because my counselor said if I take this class, it'll be easier to go to college. So um did that for a while. Um, eventually ended up in the charter school system, great school, Compass Middle Charter School, and taught middle school for a while. And But at the same time, realized that if I put half the effort into something for myself, that I put into teaching other people's children and sort of being a servant for others. If I served myself a little more, I would probably be a little happier. And realize, getting back to what you're saying in an incredibly long roundabout way, by doing photography, I am serving the greater good. And I know it sounds trite and it sounds silly, but when you show people their pictures for the first time and you show them how you see them and you see the look on their face, it is priceless. And you you fix things. You you spackle cracks in them. You things that they believed about themselves. So I've had people say, I didn't know I was this beautiful before or I didn't know I looked like this or what did you do to this picture? This is not how I look and I'm like, it is how you look and it's how I see you. <laughs> and so um, for the first time in an incredibly long time, every time I post on, you know, River Horse Photography dash Allen Roulette on Facebook or River Horse, Photo- River Horse Wrestling Photography dash Allen Roulette, every time I repost a picture or I post a picture, I always write the same thing. I love my job. Because you never hear anybody say, I love my job. You, you, you do hear it, but you don't hear it enough. And... When I post that picture that I took, I have a memory. That person has a memory of it. There's a whole story behind it. There's a whole day or an hour or however long it took behind it. And I really do love my job. I love my job. I love my life. And because I love it so much, you know, everybody else has a good time when they do it too. They they love what they're doing. They might be nervous or self-conscious or 
please don't shoot this, please don't do that, please don't this. I'll snap off four or five pictures, I'll show them, and they'll go, oh my God. And then all of a sudden we're off to the races and having this intimate, this very intimate shared experience with each other doing photography. And they keep coming back. They come back because it's a good experience for them. It's such a, a beautiful journey to hear you describe all of those different periods in your life in such detail and, and, and explain the transition. I, I guarantee you 99% of the people who have been your clients have no clue that you're in the military and you're doing you know, psychology and, and, and then you went on to education. I, I knew about the, the, kindergarten, the uh, kindergarten stuff and what have you. I didn't realize you did all different levels of grade school. From kindergarten mm-hmm. all the way up to high school. Yeah. So and then, that is just tremendous. And, and again, it definitely shines a light on how you're able to do what you do today with, with your own business, this River Horse Photography brand and River Horse Wrestling Photography, and make people so comfortable. Um, because, like you said, you're showing them themselves in a manner that maybe they weren't even able to see before right and that that is just that's yeah. tremendous that is just yeah tremendous. it's 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 interesting because you one of the things they tell you in education is you, you can only teach the children that you're given you can't teach the children that you want you're you you can only deal with what's handed to you you can only take care of what's put in front of you and if you spend your time lamenting about this or that then you're spending your time doing that versus actually taking care of the business that's in front of you. You know, it drives me crazy when people come in and they tell me I'm ugly or I'm this or I'm only doing this because I have to. I'm only doing this because they require a headshot and blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, I see opportunity and possibility and, you know, and they don't. It's all shut down in them. And then you snap a few pictures and you start showing them what you're doing, and then they, they start to really start to get it, and then you send them, I always like to send people previews, and I will email them a preview or message them previews, and they go, oh, my God, you know, and I'm like, yeah. Like, you came in here thinking this was going to be the worst experience of your life. Like, like I'm just taking pictures. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing a colonoscopy. I'm not, you know, there's a ton of stuff that is way worse than standing in front of my camera. When you can get people to understand and trust that you have their best interests at heart, let's just say I wasn't altruistic at all. Let's say that I was just doing it for the money and I was this, that, and the other. If I shot bad pictures of every single person that walked in here, I wouldn't be in business anymore. But then there is, on top of that, all this extra stuff, you know, stuff that comes from teaching. You know, the stuff that comes from, from working in psych, the stuff that comes from growing up the way I grew up. And you go, you know, I am going to make this person feel great, and they're going to love this, and they're going to appreciate it, and they're going to love it. And the thing is, too, is like <laughs> the people, when they get to be in their 50s, and I'm 52, and I, I, I shouldn't say people, I should just say me. Uh, I'm 52, and you start to think about your legacy, and you realize, that your legacy is your children, of course, and your legacy is what you build and what you have and what whatever. But in reality, 
in real for real reality. People stop being sad that you're dead. They miss you, but they stop being sad about it. You're not in the middle of conversations anymore because you, you become less than relevant. Once a year, you pop up, this is the day my father died or something like that. But the interesting thing about being creative, like you uh, with, your pot, with, with your show and me with photography and other people I know that paint and do this, is when I die, those pictures are going to be in somebody's album or on somebody's dresser or in somebody's whatever. And then when they die, those pictures will be given to somebody else. You know, see, this is a picture of great grandma when she was, when she won the second championship. And this is a picture of her, uh, with grandpa. And they decided to get these pictures done out in this beautiful park. That's a piece of me that's going to live on for beyond the time that I shoot the picture and there or I'm dead. And that is to be able to give people the gift of being able to see themselves and at the same time give myself the gift of a limited immortality, that's a pretty powerful thing. And I tell people I love my job because I love my job. That's what I'm doing. I'm giving you memories and I'm making myself, every picture I take that you buy or that you get makes me immortal a little bit. What a cool guy. Alan Roulette is once again you got to check out River Horse Photography and, and River Horse Wrestling Photography so keep in mind it's it's an umbrella type of deal here he goes to the wrestling shows and he does great jobs of, of capturing amazing moments of the wrestlers and he'll also do personal portraits for them you know they got to keep that stuff and always have promo pictures and what have you they sell them autograph them for the fans Really cool stuff. But he also does photos for regular folks like you and I. You know, he's not just doing athletes. He does everybody. And you have to check out his website and and definitely do whatever you can. I'll be posting all the links and what have you, especially with the holiday season coming up. I mean, it's a great time to get your photos in before the rush happens. You know, the rush. And Alan Roulette's a great guy, great photographer to definitely utilize. So... Next week, we'll have part two where he digs even deeper. He talks about his family a little bit, and I really think you're going to enjoy that. That's right. Okay, up next, we have the guy from our local Fox affiliate. We're talking Boston 25, uh, meteorologist Kevin Lemanowicz. And, and Kevin is a lifelong pro wrestling fan, and he is just so awesome and, and, and really fun to listen to and, and he has some great perspective so we're going to listen to kevin uh coming up next but before we get into that we've got a special message from our friend michelle evans who's competing to be your next maxim magazine maxim cover girl hey everyone it's michelle evans thank you so much for supporting me on this maxim cover girl contest because all of you listening to duke loves wrestling's podcast i have made it to the next round and i am just a few rounds closer to being your next maxim cover girl please continue to vote and remember you get one free vote every 24 hours head over to maximgirl.com slash 2019 slash michelle dash seven and vote for me michelle Thank you again, and keep listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Some of the best pro wrestling in the history of the sport was happening during the 1980s. It was just it was awesome. 
you know, who, who's the better wrestler, Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan? And, you know, the Road Warriors are going crazy, and the NWA and WWF and world class, all kinds of crazy stuff was just going on, and it was just a great time to be a wrestling fan. At that same time, though, it was a little taboo to admit in public that you're a wrestling fan. I mean, you, you would have people that would want to debate you and give you a hard time. What are you watching that fake stuff for? Don't you know it's fake? You know, it, it's as if they wanted to tell the kid that, that Santa Claus isn't coming through your chimney every chance they got. Just really, you know, mean-spirited stuff there. But what's interesting is, as the Internet took off, it allowed people from all over the world who had shared interests to connect with one another. And as you folks know, we wrestling fans, we've taken full advantage of that. And because of our passion, because of our love of pro wrestling, it has allowed wrestling to come back into the mainstream. I mean, today in 2019, every major publication and news, they all cover pro wrestling. And I know for a fact it's because of our love and because we've never given up on our fandom. What's really cool is when I discover people that I'm familiar with are pro wrestling fans. Like, it's just like, wow, I never knew that. And then it turns into this big thing. I feel like a kid in Christmas because it's like, you're a pro wrestling fan too? This, this is awesome. So for our next guest, I just recently found out a person who I watch practically every night on my local 10 o'clock news, just found out that he's a lifelong wrestling fan. I said, you know something? Got to get him on the show. Definitely want to talk about this because this is cool. So without further ado, the meteorologist of our local Fox affiliate, we're talking about WFXT Boston 25. Welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, Mr. Kevin Lemanowitz. How are you, Kevin? Doing great, dude. Thanks for having me on. Well, it, it definitely is my pleasure, and i got to ask you right off the bat. We have SmackDown, which has moved from the USA Network over to Fox. And, you know, you're the meteorologist here at our local Fox affiliate in Boston. Talk to us about that. I mean, you're a lifelong wrestling fan, and, you know, you have your job, which is your passion, and now you have wrestling, and you have an opportunity to kind of blend the two. Talk to us about how that feels. Oh, it's wonderful. You know, we, when we first heard about Fox doing this uh, several months ago, I guess almost a year ago, uh, and knew that it was coming, I just couldn't wait to try and do something with it. And I did not waste any time. Uh, the, the first week it was coming up, and I kept pushing, you know, we, we need to do something uh, that can tie it in with our our newscast. Uh, bring the, the show's on, and SmackDown is on just before our newscast. So SmackDown's 8 to 10, and we're on 10 to 11.30 for news, hour and a half of news. So, uh, fortunately, I have great management here who thought, that's a great idea. Let's figure out what we can do. So they sent me down to New York City, and the week leading up to the first SmackDown Live uh, on a Friday night, Fox News Channel was interviewing different superstars every morning. And the first morning, Monday, was going to be the then-champion Kofi Kingston. And what people may not have known around here is that Kofi Kingston grew up here. Went to Winchester High School, just uh, to the west-northwest of Boston, was a wrestling captain for a team that's known Winchester's a powerhouse wrestling program here in Massachusetts. And then he went to Boston College, and he graduated from there, which is actually where my son graduated from also. So uh, there was that connection. And what a great tie-in. Now we've got the champion, the WWE champion, 
from the area, SmackDown happening on Friday night on our station just before our newscast, which I knew would do killer ratings for us. It did. And I'm a wrestling fan. People don't know that side of me. They don't know that side of my personality, likely, because like you were saying, growing up, that's not something you kind of shouted from the rooftops because it was kind of taboo. People thought it was kind of strange that you'd be a pro wrestling fan. Well, when we had that connection, we had Kofi right there in front of us, and he was going to be there, and, and Fox News said, sure, come on down. I was able to go to New York, go into the ring with him outside of Fox News Channel, and interview him, and he couldn't have been a more spectacular person uh, and, and a great guest and a great interview. We were able to put that together. We even interviewed a gentleman who does a radio broadcast on Sirius and had him as part of our, our stories. We made it into something. And the reaction has been pretty incredible, dude. Just like yourself, a lot of people are like saying, really, Kevin's a wrestling fan? Never do this about it. I've been on this station for 23 years, and nobody knew that about me. So it's, it's been a wonderful, eye-opening experience. Well, and that really is the best part. I mean, like you said, you, you, you've been on television for 23 years, mm-hmm. and you do such a great job. I mean, you oh, legitimately thanks. are just an excellent meteorologist. The fact that you're also a wrestling fan is just so cool because we legitimately, within the wrestling fan community, come from all walks of life. No doubt. A lot of folks, you know, they, they, they have a stereotype of us as if we're just these folks who, you know, they, we, we, nothing happening, do nothing jobs, or what have you. Well, hey, Kevin is a meteorologist. Think about all the schooling and, and everything you had to go through in order to get that gig, and you've been doing it for so long. All right, so, Duke, I'm, I'm actually a scientist. I've studied meteorology. I've, I've worked for forecasting firms. So if I was on television, I would be doing the meteorology for the National Weather Service, for an airline, for a forecasting firm, like an AccuWeather, for instance, that's 24-7. The one I worked for was called Fleet Weather in uh, New York. So that's what I do. So I'm a scientist that went to school and studied the science. On top of that, and this is not said to sound snobby, but I went to Cornell University, which is an Ivy League school. And I only say that because I think people will look at me and think, okay, he's a scientist on television, and he went to an Ivy League school, and he likes wrestling? There's a disconnect there. People assume, I think, and in my experience, people assume that not the most educated people watch wrestling, and that perception is changing now. You know something? Now that you tell me that you have these kind of big-time connections, I mean, you were able to go to New York and interview at the time, the WWE champion, Kofi Kingston of the New Day, and, you know, you went to an Ivy League school in Cornell, which is just excellent. Tell me the truth here, Kevin, and you can, you can level with me here. You can, you can let me in. Did you pull some connections to make sure Kofi and the New Day got drafted on SmackDown? Because it's a little funny coincidence here, finding out that you're so connected, and then that happened the other night. What's going on here? No, I had nothing to do with it at all. No way, Duke. I had no say in any of all that. I mean, we want the best to be on SmackDown for our show, for our ratings, obviously, because we we want – and you knew Brock Lesnar would be there, for instance, because you want that big name on the the billion-dollar Fox contract. And it really shows how popular and over the New Day is to have them there as well. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny when you talk about that because, like you said, you're – your broadcast comes in literally directly after SmackDown's off the air on Friday nights mm-hmm. there. It goes right into our 10 o'clock news. I find it interesting, though, that you were afforded the opportunity to actually go and interview Kofi because I don't see too many meteorologists uh, <laughs> doing interviews there. 
So that definitely says a lot about the type of respect that the uh, station has afforded you there. You've you definitely earned a, a pretty good place there. Well, they've known since forever, since I've been here, that I'm a wrestling fan, and it's, it's not something that we've talked about on television so much because we didn't have a show on. Uh, but they knew it, and so when, when the opportunity came up, I was the natural guy to go to, even though, um, you know, when, when you're on air, and especially in this day and age of social media and personality, uh, people want to see that different side of you. At least that's what they tell me. So the meteorology is one thing, and the forecasting, I mean, you have to be accurate, and I believe me, I wouldn't be here 23 years if I wasn't perceived to be accurate, that they would have run me out of here a long time ago. But to be able to show the other side of your personality and that actually goes along with the product that's on the air was a, a great marriage of the things to come, and we were happy to do it. And like I said, management just was right on board with it. That is impressive, and, and it's funny that you, you talk about the fact that the importance of being accurate with your job it's sort of like pro wrestling in the sense that you can be a, a, a baby face today <laughs> or you could be the, the the bad guy tomorrow if you say there's gonna be a foot of snow and then we only get a couple of plates <laughs> there. So that that's that's pretty wild there. Why, what are you saying I'm a heel now? No, I I'll tell you right now, Kevin, this is the reason why I watch you on on uh, Boston twenty five, because you absolutely are accurate and it, it just You've been a hell of a lot more accurate than non-accurate, so it's worked out pretty well for everybody. I trust you. Uh, Thank you. Why pro wrestling, though? Of all the things to be passionate about and, and, and choosing an entertainment medium to, to to care about so much, why pro wrestling? That started with my grandfather and my father uh, bringing me to local areas around here. For instance, there used to be a show, if it wasn't weekly, it was bi-weekly in Attleboro, Massachusetts, at a place called Jack Witchkey Sports Arena. And it was, gosh, if you would watch a movie with um, either the old men wearing their, their fedoras and smoke-filled auditorium, cigars in hand, this was the place. And, you know, my grandfather would get in shouting matches with some of the other men there when uh, wrestlers were doing certain things. But it was interesting to go and watch. And of course, as a kid, you don't, you don't realize the predetermined aspect of it. You just assume there's two guys and they're beating the hell out of each other. So we go to this, uh, and it was only a couple dollars going to you sit in the bleachers. And it, it wasn't much bigger than what you would see in a TV studio on Saturday morning. The interesting thing, and it started to click with me back then after a while, I, I remember distinctly one time uh, a match between Greg the Hammer Valentine and Chief J. Strongwell. And Greg the Hammer Valentine put that figure four on Chief J, and, and the Chief got carried out on a stretcher, and everybody was gasping. His leg must be broken. What did Greg Valentine do? And maybe a week later, maybe two weeks later, the same match happened on television, and the same thing happened. Greg Valentine put that figure four on Chief J. Strongwell, got carried out on a stretcher, and then the storyline happened of him having a broken leg. He was on crutches. And so it was almost like they were practicing uh, that, that storyline at Jack Wichke's. And that didn't really click as this must be predetermined. I hate to use that F word, but predetermined. Uh, so just as, as a young person, but later on in life, I realized, wow, that's what was happening there. But they would bring me to the Worcester Memorial Auditorium also. Maybe once a month there was wrestling there out in Worcester, Massachusetts. And, of course, the bigger places like um, you know, I, was, I lived in eastern Connecticut. So Providence was like the big city to me. Providence and Worcester were big cities to me growing up. But we used to, we'd go to the Providence Civic Center, which is now the Dunk. We'd go to the Worcester uh, 
gosh, what I saw auditorium, I believe, around the Worcester Centrum, which I think is a DCU center now. And, of course, one time, only one time, I went to the Boston Garden. And that one time I went to the Boston Garden, Tito Santana won the Intercontinental Championship. So that was quite a thrill to see as well, live in person. And, of course, you, you leave there thinking there's no way he's really going to be champion. I didn't just watch a championship change hands. But sure enough, yeah, they showed the highlights of it on TV the following week, and it was a legit a championship change. So it was uh, growing up, it was part of what we as a family did, my grandfather, my father, myself, and my uncle, too, who would take me often. And it just became something that I did. Duke, you couldn't. You couldn't really watch wrestling except on Saturdays, right, in the morning usually? Absolutely. Right. And, in fact, I believe it was our, our local uh, Fox affiliate uh, later on that was carrying shows like Wrestling Challenge and things of that mm-hmm. nature here in Boston area. So it was starting to, to get on a, a mainstream channel. But when I was a kid, I would literally go to my grandfather's house and sleep over because his town had cable before mine did. This was back in the late 70s now. And... He or maybe even our ladies, but either way, I would go to his house because at midnight on Channel 9 out of New York on cable, they would run wrestling. It was always a week ahead of the local here. And back then in Worcester, Channel 27 in Worcester ran wrestling, and that's what I would watch the following Saturday. And I would, I would always see it a week later, the same thing that I saw at my grandma. So I'd sleep over his house, and he'd be a sound asleep at 9 o'clock, but he'd wake up at 11 and make a pizza for us, and at midnight we'd watch wrestling. And, boy, such great memories. Like, that was the place. That midnight show is where I watched Larry Zabisco turn on Bruno Sammartino and hit him with the chair and the ring and the big red X across the screen to censor the blood so you wouldn't see it on TV back then. Uh, and so that that's where it came from. And I've never let go of it. I've always enjoyed the entertainment aspect of it. Yes, I know it can be hokey and campy sometimes, but so what? So is any kind of entertainment. So are some movies. So are soap operas and, and TV shows you watch on a daily basis. And I think people are realizing that now. What, what, how is this different than this goofy show I watch on this other network that I think is fantastic and Kevin probably hates? It's just a different form of entertainment. Wow. I'll, I'll tell you something right now, Kevin. And, and as you said, I mean, you have been a meteorologist here in Boston for the past 23 years. We're talking about Boston 25, our local Fox affiliate. And we just know you as the, the straight guy, the, the guy who, who does the, the weather, and he's the guy that you have to check out because he's going to let you know about how to plan your day uh, the next morning and what have you. It is so interesting to hear you tell your story about what inspired you to become a wrestling fan and to remain a wrestling fan uh, basically for life. And the fact that you have that family connection with your grandfather and staying up late at his place and he's making pizza and it literally mm-hmm. is just a family affair. That's just good stuff, man. I mean, that, that's really good stuff. And, folks, this is why Kevin Lemanowitz is somebody that you definitely should keep up with, even if you're outside of the Boston area. I'm telling you right now, this guy, he just he's a cool dude, and you can hear it right here. Thank In you. fact, Kevin, please let everybody know. How can they, they check you out on social media and even the station, what have you? What's the best way that folks can continue to keep up with uh, Boston 25 and also Kevin Lemanowitz? Well, that's really kind of you. I'm really only active on Twitter, and that's at KevinBoston25, all one word. I'm not a big social media guy as much as they would love me to be in this business, but our station definitely runs Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and if you just look up at Boston 25, you'll find them on there, and they'll 
they'll be posting stuff about wrestling and myself and any any of the stories we've done. In fact, all the stories we did with Kofi and the Sirius XM guys will be on the on those pages somewhere if you want to check them out. And if you're ever in the area, uh, you need to know the weather at BOS25 Weather on Twitter is where a lot of the information goes out of as well. So check that out if you can. I told you about Kevin. I mean, for, for the weatherman, for the meteorologist, this guy knows his wrestling and, and is, he's a lifelong fan. It's a family affair. Just a really cool dude. And don't worry, folks. We're going to be hearing a lot more from Kevin uh, through the months, especially, you know, here in Boston, we get these nor'easters and these major snowstorms and, and, you know, we get feet of snow at a time during our winter time. So it'd be cool to check back in with Kevin and, and get the heads up on what's coming down the pike. And also, you know, just the fact that he is the meteorologist who does the 10 o'clock news, which is happening directly after SmackDown. Okay, so SmackDown leads right into the 10 o'clock news. And Kevin's one of the first people you hear from because you got to get that 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 local weather. You got to know what's going to be happening the next day. Uh, he's an interesting guy and he's in an interesting position. So uh, it's fun to see. And even if you're not from the Boston area, you can still follow Kevin online. And I'm sure he will love to talk wrestling with you. And you can check out uh, Boston 25, our local Fox affiliate. Uh, just really Cool stuff, man. Cool stuff going on. And and what a great episode. I mean, again, just a lot of great guests as usual. I, I definitely want to thank the world's greatest attorney, Sophia Lopez, and, and Alan from Riverhorse Photography. Of course, uh, Michelle Evans, who is vying for that spot to be your next Maxim magazine, Maxim cover girl. Kevin Lemanowitz from Boston 25, just awesome my mom my sister happy birthday to both of you once again and you know that does it folks uh join me next week of course i'm going to have more great guests i'm going to be sharing some more thoughts and we'll keep this train going baby i mean i i really love the energy i, I love the fact that everyone is continuing to stay on board with duke loves wrestling you know we we were on spotify now and and we're even on iheart radio can you believe this we're on iheart radio their, their their radio app where they have podcasts and what have you duke loves wrestling is on there now so everyone is spreading the word everyone is enjoying the show enjoying these these great interviews and it's not going to stop and when you hear the lineup of guests that i have coming up it's going to knock your socks off. I mean, it's just only going to get bigger and better. We ain't going to stop, baby. That's right. So until next week, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 